You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. It's always draft season podcast, part of the Packer Net Podcast Network. Jake Shavink here. And yes, a special recording. Happy Monday, Packers fans. And I know it wasn't necessarily the result that we wanted on Sunday Night Football. Maybe you did if, if, you're, tank, if you're in the mood for tanking for a draft pick. But what a game. What a wild, wild game against the Eagles. A little bit of everything. A little bit of wild special teams, not a lot of run defense, got the offense back into gear a little bit, and we saw Jordan Love to Christian Watson. What a scene that was uh, to cut the lead to cut the lead in half uh, in the fourth quarter. But alas, that's not why we're here. Uh, you'll get plenty of post game analysis and stuff from Ryan, from Clayton, from everyone uh, throughout the week, and JJ, of course, as well. Everyone in the network. Uh, but I wanted to do this for fun here. Uh, we're nearing December. Great time for, for the NFL draft to really start to creep in. And unfortunately it's creeping in for the Packers already at, at four and eight. It, it hurts to say that the season's pretty much done. Need a minor miracle here and a lot of help five and oh for sure. And then who knows what else at this point to get into the postseason. So how about a special mock draft Monday for you all? And special because it's not going to be just one mock draft, right? So we're going to go through three rounds of four different mock drafts for you guys for the Packers. Now the Packers, in terms of what they have as as draft capital in the first three rounds, right now currently have picks 9, 40, and 71. It's important to know what those are. Uh, because there is a, a fourth mock at the end that kind of throws those into, into a little bit of chaos mode. So we'll get to that one. But I wanted to start uh, with the first one for you guys. And I, they, they've got a theme. Most of them have a theme. Uh, so the first one, and, and also we're going to be talking a lot about the PFF stuff side of things. A, a lot of it enhanced, more scouting report type of things for all these players. But we're also going to go through some stats and, and Go a little bit more in depth with each player as we talk about them 
uh, for their pick. So first mock draft is titled Playmakers. And I have a feeling that, that you probably know who the first player is going to be picked here. We've talked about him a ton uh, on this podcast, and that is Quentin Johnston, uh, the wide receiver from TCU. Now, Quentin Johnston in, in his third year at TCU, pretty modest numbers uh, across the board. Uh, in 2020, he had 22 catches, 487 yards, and two touchdowns, good for 22.1 yards per reception. In 2021, caught 33 passes for 612 yards and six touchdowns, good for 18.5 yards per reception. And in 2022 this season, it's still been a little bit hot and cold. You've seen him go a little bit dark in games, but he's caught 49 passes for 764 yards and five touchdowns. Now, that's only good for 15.6 yards per reception, but I'm going to explain why I actually think that's a good thing for him. Uh but first, obviously, to talk about Quentin Johnston, he's going to be playing in, one, uh, the Big 12 championship game this coming week. So you might want to watch him during that game against Kansas State. That'll be a big one. And then also could potentially be playing in the playoff, which is a great uh, a great deal for him. Get a lot of eyes on him during the playoff. That'll be really cool to see now for me uh we'll go into the i'm going to go into the pff stuff first and then i'm going to talk about what i think he brings to the table so pff it's definitely inconsistent uh his two best games this year were against kansas and against oklahoma state obviously kansas he caught 14 passes for 206 yards and a touchdown oklahoma state the following week caught eight passes of 14 targets for 180 yards and a touchdown so he's had big big weeks he didn't catch any passes or get targeted against uh, Texas Tech uh, and has had, what is it? Looks like, yeah, five games under 50 yards, including last week uh, against Baylor. Uh, the Iowa State grade is not in here yet. That's interesting. Uh, but against Baylor, just four for 48. Uh, Texas, he had three for 66 and a touchdown. Uh, so... What do we see? Um, we see heavy perimeter uh, for his snaps. 84.5% of the time he is out wide. Um, 234 of 277 snaps. So he's rarely in the slot. He's not really a slot type of player. What I do think is really stark here is, again, he is he's averaging 2.86 yards per route run. Very good number there. Uh, average depth of target of 12.2 yards. And I think the biggest thing, really, for me is uh yards after catch per reception he has 374 yards after catch uh yards after the catch this season of 764 yards it's a big number but averaging 7.6 yards after catch per reception that number is impressive and he really is that type of player so that's not something where you go okay you know is is he a yak player or is, is, does he have one play that's really skewing that? Not really. I mean, he's got three, yeah, three games where he averaged 10 yards after the catch per reception plus. Um, those games were against West Virginia. Uh, I believe the other one, Oklahoma State and Colorado. So those were the three games he did that. Um, so contested catches. 
that's something I think we want to look at too for a 6'4", 215-pound guy. Uh, contested targets, he has 18 contested targets and eight contested catches. So not a great catch rate uh, at the catch point of 44.4%. You'd like to see a little bit more um, from a 6'4", 215-pound pound player. Um, but, uh, now shifting to what I see with the player is, I, I think the, the yards after the catch is very reflective. I have kind of talked in depth and you guys know about how I feel about Quentin Johnston. He is a, a physical freak really. And a, a great deep threat separates with speed deep down the fields can attack and win the catch point. You'd like to see him do it at a higher rate. Who does that remind you of potentially number nine on the roster right now? But I think what really separates him is, is again, everything's a vertical route with him. He can sink the hips and kind of decelerate and come to a stop at the top of his route very quickly. He, he keeps things tight and efficient on in-breaking routes. So he, he's a, when, when you have a guy that big, that strong, that fast, who can come to a complete stop, especially when he presses it as vertically as he does on every route. Every route looks like a vertical route um, to the defense. That's impressive. Uh, not a lot of guys can stop on a dime like that. So he has that, and then he's just he's so dynamic after the catch with, with that you know field tilting speed, angle erasing speed. But he's also really, really cognitive of what's around him, and very cognitive of how to set up receivers, manipulate space, and be able to make that first defender miss uh, and create post catch. So. I think he does a great job in that regard, um, and so he can really be that three-phase winner. This feels like the wide receiver one uh, for Green Bay if they want to go that route in this draft. So having Quentin Johnston to pair with Christian Watson would be absolutely incredible. So that's where we went at pick nine. Now, where else do we go in this mock, right? This is the quote-unquote uh, playmaker mock draft. Next on the list at pick uh, 40 is uh, South Dakota State tight end Tucker Kraft. Now, probably doesn't get a lot of, a lot of talk uh, so far on the draft radar just because we haven't seen him as much this season. Uh, he only caught seven passes for 90 yards in 2020. Again, this is another junior. In 2021, his breakout year, 65 catches, 773 yards average of 11.9 yards per reception and six touchdowns 2022 he did get hurt in the Iowa game uh on the opening weekend did not come back to play until October 22nd against North Dakota um had a big game I believe yeah a big game four for 69 against uh, Northern Iowa uh caught three for 53 in a touchdown against North Dakota in that game he returned and then six for 44 against Illinois State he hasn't played um since that game, uh, the November the 12th, but there will be uh, potentially plenty of games you'll be able to see him if you have ESPN Plus for the FCS playoffs. Uh, South Dakota State is in that. So it's worth tuning in if you have um, the ability to do so. Uh, I want to talk, let's see, about him a little bit in the PFF sense, but I really want to give you a, a full picture. Um, so to start with, when you look at Kraft, the, the grades are good. Uh, two grades uh, this season above 85, none below 60. Um, even the game where he really, again, left early against Iowa, he did not get below a 60. Um, for him, 
it's he, he gets a lot of slot reps for sure in the passing game, uh, which is you know shows you how good of an athlete he is. Um, plenty of snaps though in line and pass protection as well, but where he really thrives is as a run blocker. Um, he is averaging 8.1 yards after the catch per reception. Shows you how much he's dominating uh, lackluster competition um, and has 2.7 yards per route run. So that's all pretty good there. 8 out of 4.8 tells you that, again, yards after catch per reception, he's creating a ton of that yardage post-catch rather than pre-catch. So that's, again, something of note. For me, Kraft, I think gets the rap right now of not a not a great athlete. I think he's a pretty darn good athlete for the tight end position. And what stands out is, you know, how much he gives a darn as a run blocker. Uh, you know, he'll take on defensive ends. He'll get out in space against defensive backs. He's looking to finish every time he can. So I like that about him a ton. But he's really a smooth athlete, a smooth route runner, can get up the seam. You know, he's a real threat in that regard. And he just plays tough with the ball in his hands. He's looking for every last yard he can get. So Tucker Craft paired with Josiah DeGuara or maybe Tunyon if they bring him back, you know, that tight end room is going to look a lot better with someone else in it. And you'll notice that's kind of a theme with these mock drafts. So there you go. Quentin Johnston, Tucker Craft. And to finish uh, the mock draft out, I have them taking, again, another player that we've talked about a lot uh on this podcast that's christopher smith the second a safety from georgia so you ask why is that a this is a playmaker mock isn't it supposed to be all offense no i i think defensive backs are playmakers as well and while the grades haven't been super great at times for christopher smith uh best game is a 92 overall against oregon he's had good games against florida game against georgia tech this past weekend south carolina Obviously, Samford, he gets a good grade. Uh, but I think his most impressive, the, the tackling is a little bit inconsistent in his grading, but he's got four games above a 72 in that regard. He's got pretty solid coverage grades across the board. I like what I've seen from him in just, again, where he aligns is going to be helpful. He's got 409 snaps at free safety relative to 105 in the box and 113 in the slot. So they do move him all over, but... He's getting a lot of uh, reps at free safety, which I think is where the Packers need to look. I think when you look at Rudy Ford, you know, uh, Darnell Savage probably going to be under contract. Hopefully Ford's back. Like those guys will be under contract next year, and you you have Savage on that fifth-year option. But I do think Christopher Smith gives you a top-down player, good instincts, closes with authority, and I think is a very reliable tackler. So you, you get him to be able to play some in the box, but you can get him to play top down, you know, as a deeper safety. I think he's got impressive range. I think his ability to, you know, attack and disrupt the catch point is very good as well. That's something where, you know, the, the better safeties in the league are active and, and available around the catch point. They can get there. Uh, they have the range to get there and that they can affect things. And that's, Definitely what Christopher Smith did a lot uh, this season. Should get, again, potentially, I think probably, three more good looks at him this season. SEC title game, playoff semifinal, and the championship game as well. I think Georgia will be there. So you get three more good looks at him. So that's, I think, a mock draft that, that focuses a lot on playmakers. I think wide receiver, tight end, and safety all look pretty thin uh, next year. So I think that is one where I, I would see – the Packers potentially going that type of route. Now, 
let's look at a potentially different one here. Uh, we are going to call this one uh, the Trench uh, Mock Draft. Moving right along. So no trades in this one either. Um, we're going to stick with, again, just same type of format here. No movement. But I think this is one where I didn't really have PFF pulled up for this guy. But I hopefully am going to as fast as I can here. Uh, but at 9, the Packers are going to select Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State. And I think here's why I like that so much. Uh, so right now, at tackle, obviously the Packers look pretty good. The offensive line's been healthy this season, and that's great news. Uh, but overall, we look at David Bakhtiari, a lot of big hits against the cap coming in the next two seasons. You have... Josh Nyman, who the Packers can match any offer on the offer sheet, but who knows? Again, it's tackled. It's a premium position. Teams might offer quite a bit for him. And then you got Zach Tom, right? So those three guys, two could potentially be out the door. And you're looking at, you know, a class that I think has gotten, you know, a lot better uh, over the course of the season at the position. I think it's really well suited to have. Potentially five guys selected in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft, and Paris Johnson has has deservedly been one of them. So let's look at some of these uh, quickly for stat-wise on PFF. The grades look really good. Run blocker, it's it's a 79.5 over the season. Uh, 233 snaps as a run blocker were in zone, 96 gap. So he's more zone heavy, um, and he's definitely been a really linearly explosive athlete I, with great quicks off the ball he gets second level landmarks are, are easy for him uh he can combo and climb that's that's something where you know you look at how he's such a functionally impressive athlete and that shows up on film some of his best run blocking games maryland michigan state and rutgers so maryland and rutgers maybe not the best um 68 against Michigan, that's a tougher opponent for sure. 78 against Northwestern is is a pretty good one for, for the opponent that um, they provide. Northwestern's got good trench play, so I think that is pretty good overall. Now, pass blocking, we see a 77.5. A couple of poor games on there, one against Michigan State. He had a 53 against Michigan. That's not ideal, but he did have four games uh, in the 80s and a 75 against Notre Dame. Uh, so pressures allowed. He's allowed one sack. Uh, he's allowed nine hurries. So 10 pressures this season um, with a total of 402 pass blocking snaps. So pretty efficient there. True pass sets, um, 151. Um, so... Again, I think he's played extremely well, and, and when he when he's in pass protection, you see the the impressive footwork, the lateral movement skills, the ability to change direction on a dime, sustain blocks, reset his hands. You know he's powerful, and and he's again going to be that guy you can kind of sustain and people move in the run game as well. And and while it's only one season for him at Ohio State at left tackle, he played right guard last season. I think he's been very impressive. He's going to be a first round pick. And this feels like a pick the Packers would definitely make at nine. So moving on, pick 40, 
is a safety as well. And this is a safety that I think Packers fans should get very familiar with. Uh, J.L. Skinner, Boise State, 6'4", 220. That sounds a little familiar to a certain safety who went in the first round last draft. That is Kyle Hamilton. You all know him very, very well. Uh, grades are a little consistent, uh, inconsistent across the board for, for Skinner. Uh, got a couple games in the 50s, few in the 70s, and a few more in the high 60s. He's got a 69 overall, 69.3 overall grade uh, this season, 71 as a tackler. 73.9 in coverage. Just one pressure. Um, 13% missed tackle percentage. Uh, but in coverage, he's been pretty impressive overall. Um, just allowing 50% completion. Um, a little bit more yak per reception than, than you'd like to see. Uh, does have four interceptions and a pass breakup this season. He had two picks against Wyoming. Uh, which was, I believe, that was on the 19th of November. But what 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 I take away from watching J.L. Skinner play is he definitely has the ball skills, and you've seen that. He's got four picks this year, but it's the instincts. It's the ability to close with impressive speed, and the dude just hits hard. Uh, he actually did get ejected for targeting uh, against Utah State this past weekend, but Boise State... Another team that's going to be in a championship game this weekend against Fresno State. So hopefully he doesn't get ejected for targeting in that game. But again, he's a strong alley filler. I like what he does in short zone. I like what he can do in the slot and man coverage. For the most part, um, if he's asked to play off, I think you're in good, better shape than he is if you're asking him to get up at the line and press. Which, again, in the slot, you're not usually doing that. Uh, but again, great size, pretty good range overall. And like I said, he's going to tackle and finish with authority. And that's something that I think to be an enforcer on the Packers defense, to be a, a leader, you know, early on, I think he can do that. So I like that there for them at pick 40. So we've done Paris Johnson Jr. and JL Skinner. So at pick 71, a player you might not have heard of yet. And it's somebody you really should get familiar with as well. I think he probably declares... Um, he's played lights out this year, and that is Jerzon Newton or Johnny Newton from Illinois. And as somebody who's gotten you know close up watching all the Illinois games this season, that that's definitely me. I have loved what I've seen, and PFF has as well. Uh, other guys in the draft world have taken notice. Um, he's he's just darn impressive. Overall grade of ninety one. Okay, ninety one overall grade. 91.3 overall grade against the run. That's what the Packers need more than anything. They need people who can step up and stop the run. They stink at it. They're still not very good up front against the run. Um, Gary or no Gary. So they got to get better in the defensive interior. And man, this dude's been unbelievable. Uh, he had obviously his two best games, 93 overall against Chattanooga, but an 89 overall with a 93.7 run defense grade against Michigan State. He also had a 77.7 pass rush or tackling grade in that game. Best pass rushing game obviously against Chattanooga, but after that his second best was Virginia, third best Indiana, and really good against Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska as well. 
A couple games with some missed tackles, but overall, we've got 55 pressures. One for a defensive tackle. That's really good. Uh, Just four sacks, but again, 19 hits and 32 hurries. Tackling his missed tackle percentage is 9.1%. That's pretty low overall, and he's got 34 stops. That's negative plays against the run. He is a bully up front. He is he is a bully. Uh, all four quarters, the motor's running hot. Plays with really impressive impressive play strength at the at the point of attack. Uh, he's a pocket pusher. You know he he's a little bit slow burn as a pass rusher, but again the bull rush is super effective. It, it gets quarterbacks off their spot, and he can really stack and shed and, and two gap with the best of them. He is really a player that should be getting a lot more hype in this draft class right now. Um, as I do the usually do the mocks on simulators, he isn't even on uh, the the mock draft database simulator yet, so that's kind of wild. But he's been phenomenal this season, and as as a team that needs to be better up front and needs to be you know establish a sense of dominance and fear in the heart of opponents, this is a guy who will do that. Jerzon Newton from Illinois. So there you go, two mocks in, and both have added a safety because I think they both. Because uh, I think they need one, right? Green Bay needs a safety, but and then just one a piece where you get a tight end or a receiver or an offensive tackle, defensive tackles. But we've got two more. We're gonna take a quick break here and, and be right back with the last two. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys, back here uh, on the It's Always Draft Season podcast. Two more mocks for you guys, and uh, I think this one might not be as fun, I'm guessing, uh, but it's one that I think is worth just, you know, taking a stab at, right? So, no trades in this one yet, but I'm just telling you that we're going to get into a trade one uh, in a moment, but let's 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 do a little utter chaos uh, with a top 10 pick here that probably won't happen, but, you know. Why not? For a little fun, you know. Um, so, let's talk about Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. I, I really don't think Green Bay is going to do this, but I, I think it's worth, you know, just exploring the player uh, and looking at why he can be uh, an important cog for the Packers early on in his career. So, he's been lauded as tight end one in the class, and it's hard to argue with it. Uh, there's a couple guys... One we've mentioned in Tucker Craft, who I think could maybe challenge him, but it seems unlikely. Uh, and maybe another guy who we'll talk about in a moment in the next mock. But Michael Mayer, uh, from the moment he stepped on campus for Notre Dame, we've known he was a pretty special player. 42 catches, 450 yards, and two touchdowns as a freshman. Last year as a sophomore, caught 71 passes for 840 yards and seven touchdowns. And now in 2022, 67 catches. 809 yards and nine touchdowns so Dowdy plays in the bowl game so that'll be it for him uh likely in a Notre Dame uniform but it has been special to watch what are we looking at for grades well he's gotten consistently better according to PFF as a run blocker 71 overall as a freshman 64 overall as a sophomore and 82 overall as a junior. The run blocking has definitely gotten better. I saw it from last year. It looked a little bit shoddy. I think he just didn't sustain blocks, and I think he was a little bit off balance most of the time as a run blocker, but he's looked really steady this year. Um, He stayed more balanced. He stayed within himself, and the hand placement just keeps getting better. So I like what I've seen there. Uh, For him, he's gotten 131 um snaps as a zone blocker and 226 as a gap blocker not a bad distribution there um 58 to 33 percent that's not bad um so i think that's you know something you can definitely work with there uh as a receiver he's got some insanely elite grades here he had a 92 overall against byu 89 against boston college and 87 against usc also a 92 against syracuse so 91.6 overall grade as a receiver, 77 grade as with drops. Uh, but he did have a fumble against Ohio State that kind of dropped his grade uh, with fumbling to a 52. But uh, let's look at what he's doing as a receiver. Most of the snaps you're going to find him in the slot um, if he's not in line. Uh, actually has a plurality of snaps in the slot 162 versus 143 in line when he's a receiver when he's a receiver right so more as a slot and then he had 51 snaps out wide 
Uh, he had 4.9 yards after the catch per reception, 2.44 yards per route run, and an 8.1 average depth of target. Uh, contested catch percentage, 17 of 26. That's good for 65.4%. Pretty good overall. Um, he's definitely been the ball winner, body control type at the catch point. You can definitely shield off defenders. So I like that about him. Uh, I'd say overall he's got good short area quicks, and I think he's got a real good understanding of, of route stems release and how to set up defenders. I think he can separate as a route runner, and he's an, a, a good enough athlete um, in the short area to create some separation for himself, but he can definitely do it with size at the catch point. So he's a good red zone threat, can threaten you up the seam, and he's got some toughness to kind of lower the pads or survive some contact initially uh, post-catch. I'm very impressed, like I said, with him as a run blocker this season compared to last, and that showed up actually with PFF. So that's you know a nice little confirmation there for him. So I, what he brings, I mean, like we we've talked about, you know, is Tunyon coming back? Do you believe in Josiah Deguara that much? I don't know, but I think Michael Mayer would provide an instant impact, whether it be for Rogers, whether it be for Love. That's that's adding to your passing game. That's giving you a reliable middle field target that for for Rodgers and for Love is needed. I think both you know, Love and College struggled with reading out the field in the intermediate area, struggled with accuracy in the intermediate area. It gives you you know a guy with a wide catch radius, and it, for Rodgers, it should give you some more confidence to trust those those middle field throws. So I, I don't hate the selection necessarily, depending on what's there. All right, so after Mayer at nine. We've got uh, defensive linemen. We've talked about Newton. That is somebody I think should definitely be on Packers fans' radar. This guy will also play in, I think, at least, yeah, he will play in at least two more games this season. One of them is the Big Ten Championship game. That is Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan. He is on the Feldman's freak list, 6'3", 337. Uh if you want to check out Feldman's freak list, you should. He, I believe he's number one on there. Just a fantastic athlete for the position. The grades haven't been tremendous, per se. 74 overall this year. 72 run defense. Uh, 67.9 pass rush grade. Actually, 85 in coverage, which is very interesting for a 337-pound player. But uh, for me, let's see. He's got 19 pressures and one sack. That's not the best. Uh, but he does have 27 stops against the run. He's definitely more run defender than pass rusher at this point. You'd love to see him turn the flashes as a pass rusher um, into more consistent play. It's definitely evident. I think he had a he did, and it's reflected here. The tackling wasn't the best against Ohio State, but he did have a 74 grade against them and a 76 pass rushing grade. Did really good on the interior as a rusher. There's a rep of him kind of showing off the athleticism, setting up an outside jab into an inside move, and he does a great job using the length and the strength that he has to prevent the guard from you know, being able to establish their inside hand to kind of fend off the inside move and make him go elsewhere. But what he does really well is he can he, he flows well against the run. He's going to be able to two-gap. You know, he's going to be able to be controlling at the line of scrimmage, strong hands, you know, impressive anchor against the run, and he's going to be able to get off blocks and and prevent, you know, big chunks on early downs. And that's what you want from a defensive tackle. This is what Green Bay's missing. This is still a guy with plenty of upside as a pass rusher. With that athleticism, the traits are there. This is a traits-based pick. 
from Michigan. That should sound familiar. Rashawn Gary, circle it, right? So you're getting a traits-based player in the second round. We'll see if Mozzie Smith goes higher than that, but he does feel like that's kind of his range, 40 to 50. He's going to test off the charts. We know that. But is the people are good, is anyone going to be comfortable with the production to take him in the first? I don't think so, at least at this point. So Mozzie Smith at 40. Now, here's where the utter chaos continues for you. Um, and again, I know. I know people are not going to be like overly pleased here. I get it, but I think it's something worth considering if the Packers have to shed some contracts. So with pick 71 in the 2023 NFL draft, the Packers select Zach Evans running back Mississippi. Okay, so Zach Evans, quick run through of the stats. He had 54 carries for 415 yards and four touchdowns at TCU in 2020, 92 carries for 648 and five touchdowns in 2021, transfers over to Mississippi for 2022, 136 carries, 899 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, He's only caught eight for 93 in a score this year, did catch 10 for 130 in a score last year. So there's three down ability here, but I think you're going for is the explosiveness as a runner. Um, I want to do one thing before grades. I just want to um, show where he's running and, and how good he uh, is in each gap. I think it's a good good place to look. Uh, where he has the most uh, yards per attempt is outside the tight end on the left side. So you're kind of looking more outside runs. Um, seven point yards per attempt there on 27 carries. Uh, left guard, 18 carries for 163 yards. That's good for nine yards per attempt, three touchdowns, 10 first downs. Um, his best is off left tackle on yards per con- yards after contact per attempt with six. Um, he's forced 16 missed tackles off of the left end as well, where he's got 7.1 yards per attempt. Off the right guard, he's averaging 7.9 yards per attempt, but on just seven attempts. So, on average here, we're still obviously again 6.6 yards per attempt. He's got 50 first downs, 32 runs of 10 plus, and 3.54 yards after contact per attempt. Now for the grades overall, it's been pretty pretty solid. Um, it's, he's had a couple bad ones here and there. 76 overall grade, uh, 56 overall as in the passing game. That's not the best. Um, I would definitely want to look at receiving for sure. I think the rushing grades speak for themselves. They've all been pretty good. Um, I think with him, it's just a vision thing. So he does have he did have one game against Georgia Tech that was a receiver where he dropped some passes and did fumble and, and mess up a little bit in pass protection. But overall, I think this is a guy who needs to just work on the vision a little bit, but he's got explosiveness in spades. He's got impressive contact balance. And you've seen it, the ability to generate yards after contact. That's important. But again, he's ripping off explosives left and right. So that's, again, something in, I would say Mississippi, I I feel like their offensive line does get overwhelmed a little bit. And that's, you know, part of it. But you've you've seen him be pretty successful across the board. And that's that's great to see. Um, It's just about building consistency. And if the Packers move on from Aaron Jones, you know, this is a potential replacement right here at, at 
six foot, 215 pounds. I, I think he is getting a little bit underrated still because, again, Quinshawn Judkins is a freshman who's getting a lot of the attention as, as the lead back. I still think Zach Evans is an impressive talent. I think he has potential as a receiver as well. Just got to unlock it. And that concludes uh, the probably the utter chaos mock, we'll call it, uh, with Michael Mayer, Mozzie Smith, and Zach Evans. Now, to finish it out, let's do a trade back. So I traded back twice in this mock. So we get to go through a lot more players, which is more fun, I think. Um, so as we transition, let's talk about who we traded with for the first bit here um traded back so i had to make sure that this made sense because i did this a little bit earlier uh and obviously the order changed but traded back with the jets and giants uh got some second round picks did get a did get a third round pick in 2024 as well yeah as you know might as well just package that one and, and the current 2024 third for a second because just don't pick third rounders anyway um, but yeah, so we're going to start with a player that I think will be a darling of the draft process and really, I, I think had a plenty of attention in the, in the summer and early, um, early fall, we got them with pick 24, which is the giants current selection, uh, Andre Carter, the second, uh, edge rusher from army. So. Andre Carter, uh, 2021 was his best year. He had a 93 pass rush grade and 83 overall grade, 59 total pressures, 15 sacks, and 24 run stops. Absolutely insane numbers, uh, even at Army. Uh, this year, a little bit different. Um, he has less snaps overall. Um, a little bit, 20 more run defense snaps, uh, and wow, 126 less pass rushing snaps. So still an 80 overall pass rushing grade. He has 20, uh, total pressures and four sacks this year, 19 run stops, missed tackle percentage has gone down, which is really, really good news. Uh, but what stands out the most is he's six, seven, two sixty, And from all, uh, reports, the testing is going to be off the charts. So there you go. Traits, explosiveness, power as a as a run defender. He's going to be all over the place. Um, opposite Rashawn Gary, that would be just incredible to have those two for the long haul in Green Bay as your bookend edge rushers slash run defenders. It fits the type of these kind of big, taller, stronger rushers that you want to have as, you know, big edge setters rather than true, you know, bendy explosive pass rushers, but he has enough explosiveness to gain ground, uh, whether it be from a three point stance or a two point stance. Uh, like I said, he's going to convert explosion to power. He's going to win inside move. He's got, you know, the strength to really keep tackles from gaining leverage. So again, this is, this fits the billing of kind of what the Packers have looked for at edge uh, for a long time. And that's going to be the first round pick that the Packers make there. All right. So this is pick 40. This is still the Packers second round pick. Um, we're going to go tight end again. We're going to talk about uh, Darnell Washington. Okay. From Georgia. Obviously a bigger dude. 6'7", 270. 
So there you go. Pretty much as big as uh, Andre Carter, if not bigger. I mean, he's got he's got ten pounds on on Andre Carter. So want to draft him before Carter on your basketball team. Uh, for Washington, it's been a breakout. He only had 10 for, catches for 154 yards and a touchdown last year. Uh, he's caught 25 passes for 403 yards and a touchdown this year. But I think what stands out, though, is he's really almost a, a, a sixth offensive lineman out there for Georgia. He's obviously got the you know elite size, you know catch point winning type that is going to be dominant in the red zone for you. But what he's going to be dominant is, is on the move or you know straight up in line as a blocker. That's where he's going to thrive. Now, uh, when you look at his run blocking grade, it is an 80.4. Uh, uh, 144 zone snaps, 131 gap snaps. So pretty even uh, spread across the board there. And he can take people for a ride. He can bury guys. He's going to be out in space destroying defensive backs. But he can also hold his own against edge rusher, and that shouldn't be surprising considering his elite size. Uh, in pass protection, let's take a look here at the grades. We got a 78.2 pass blocking grade. Uh, he has allowed no pressures in 23 um, opportunities. Says he's got 55 true pass sets. Um, in the true pass sets, I don't know why that's more. I got to do digging on that, but he's only allowed two pressures on true pass sets, of that, which are two out of fifty-five. That's a really good number for him. But again, he, he's he's very much the Mercedes Lewis clone, but younger, and he's good enough athlete to threaten up the seam. But he's going to be a, just a nightmare to bring down after the catch. And as a receiver, he is uh, averaging here. Uh, 70 steps in the slot, 12 out wide, 7.5 yards after the catch per reception, 1.84 yards per route run, and an average depth of target of 10.5 yards. That's pretty good. Two of four contested wins for you. So, again, red zone threat, but he's he's another offensive lineman out there. When you get a guy you know, who can be you know a dual threat in terms of, yes, we can attach you to our line, and, yes, you're going to be an asset for us while we run the football, and two, you're going to be a huge target for whoever plays quarterback for us next year. Sign me up. Win-win. Okay. Next on the list at pick 52 uh, via trade is Alabama defensive tackle Byron Young, who I think has been you know, fantastic this year for the Crimson Tide. Just as good, maybe, as Will Anderson this year, which is saying something. Uh, he's got a 78.6 overall grade this year. Uh, 74 pass rush, 76 run defense, 25 pressures, four sacks, and 23 run stops. He is 6'3", 292. He's a little bit more three technique than true, like, you know, two eye nose, one tech than maybe, you know, a guy like Mozzie Smith would be. But again, he's fearsome as a rusher. He can counter. He's got arm over move, swim, rip. He's going to be able to get around guys. He's quick and explosive, but he's got violent hands. And that's where it's going to come into, you know, come into play where you're defending the run, you're getting after the quarterback, create interior pressure and stop the run. He's been doing that in spades. He's got a great motor. He has good recovery speed. He can chase from behind in pursuit. He does it all. Uh, I don't think the grade reflects how good he has been this year. It truly, I truly believe that. Um, 
He's got a couple missed tackles for sure on there. The tackling hasn't been the best overall. He's got two really poor games tackling against Vanderbilt and Auburn, but the rest have been good across the board. I think this would be a slam dunk pick in the second round for them if they don't get Mozzie Smith or Jerzon Newton, who we got in the third round in another mock. But I think he's a top-five defensive tackle in this class and would add a ton uh, to the Packers. So if you're keeping track, we've got an edge rusher, a tight end, and a defensive tackle. Probably not what you were expecting so far necessarily, but that's what we've done. Now, we've got two more for you guys, and I think uh, this one won't be shocking to those who follow me a ton uh, and have followed this podcast. Uh, Next up on the list is Rome Madunze, wide receiver, Washington, 6'3", 201, Fits the Packers billing at size. I think he's a fluid athlete, uh, just a very strong receiver, good deep threat, but good in the intermediate and short areas, can win quickly and be a threat after the catch. So um, he had 41 for 415 and four touchdowns as a sophomore. No guarantees he, get, he, he declares as a junior, but I think he's been talented enough to crack maybe my top five at receivers, which I'm going to release later this week. Uh, but he's caught 70 passes for 1,088 yards and seven touchdowns this year. What a huge bump in production. A lot of that you know, has to do with Michael Penix Jr. playing quarterback. He's been really, really good for Washington this year as well. 82 overall grade, 82 receiving grade, 87.9 dropping grade. That's really, really good. He does not drop passes at all. Okay, so he's got 72 snaps in the slot. Uh, and then 361 snaps on the perimeter. That is really, really good. Uh, just 4.8 yards after the catch per reception, but his best game uh, yards after the catch per reception was against Washington State this past weekend, where he caught five passes for 157 yards and a touchdown. Really good stutter go touchdown um, in that game. Blue passed the defensive back. Great job selling the stutter and, and working back before he... Um, Broke out of that break, winning downfield, and he also made a really nice contested play downfield as well, showing off the catch radius, showing off the ability to high point the football. Um, he's, he's shown the ability to make defenders miss in space, like I said. I think he's really a, a complete package at receiver. An 8 out of 13.4 yards, 2.68 yards per route run. Only 3 of 12 in contested spots, so he's not like the biggest, strongest receiver at the catch point, but he's so fluid in his breaks he's just a smooth mover across the board and he would provide a reliable and you know another explosive target in the passing game but he can win at all three levels and i think that's what's really important there um if you look at just offensive grades in general um run blocking isn't great overall it's a 64 but he's again I think you can teach a guy with this size to be a stock blocker in the run game as well. So I think he's an absolute slam dunk pick here at pick 54. So got an edge rusher, got a defensive tackle, got a tight end, got a receiver. What's next at pick 71? Perhaps a shocking selection, but it's a safety. And that is Quindell Johnson, 6'1", 195 safety from Memphis. Somebody you probably won't see until Senior Bowl time or All-Star Game time. But back-to-back years of 83 overall grades. I had a 90 run defense grade this year. 
Uh, tackling's been a little meh, but the, he's got good coverage grades, 83 overall last year, 78 overall this year. Uh, the grades have been pretty up and down, but what you've seen from him is impressive instincts playing top down. Uh, he's got a couple great interceptions this year. Um, let me see here. Missed tackle percentage is a little bit high at 18.9%. Uh, but he's got four interceptions and five pass breakups this season. So he's got the range and he can make plays on the back end, but I think he's also really physical um, and he's going to you know, offer you a lot uh, in terms of box play as well. Uh, alignment count, he's got 158 snaps in the box, 261 at free safety, and 259 in the slot. Move him all over the place and give yourself an impact player at safety. I think this guy will be talked about a lot more once the draft process gets underway. So there you have it. Four mock drafts in depth, and I'll quickly read them off once again for you guys to finish this episode off. So the Playmaker Mock, Quentin Johnston, Tucker Craft, and Christopher Smith II. The Trench Mock, Paris Johnson Jr., J.L. Skinner, Jerzon Newton. The Utter Chaos Mock, Michael Mayer, Mozzie Smith, Zach Evans. And the Trade Back to get a lot of players and some picks for 2024. Andre Carter, Darnell Washington, Byron Young, Roma Dunze, and Quindell Johnson. So there you have it. A special Mock Draft Monday for you all. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um... If you want to look, check out some other work, I've got stuff on, on YouTube. Um, you can find that link at my, at my Twitter account, at JakeNFLDraft. Make sure you're tuned in uh, to Packernet Podcast. Lots of great content, obviously, every week. And draft season will be ramping up plenty soon, so there will be a lot of stuff going on on this podcast as well. Hope you guys enjoy your Monday, and I will catch you guys uh, with another episode on Friday. Take it easy.